Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In Play Podcast. I'm Nick Sleeney, along with our producer, Sean Brody. Evan couldn't be with us this week. Evan, we miss you. Come back, you bastard. Um, so, tis the season for trades. It is trade season. Um, in case you didn't know, um, things we're recording this on Wednesday nights, and uh, things really got into the swing of it on Tuesday night. Uh, there were two big trades. First, the Tigers sent J.D. Martinez to Arizona, and then the Yankees went and got Todd Frazier, Tommy Canley, and David Robertson for a prospect grab bag and Tyler Clippard. Um, so it, Sean, it is officially trade season, and um, it's interesting so far, isn't it not? Yeah, I think you have these two rather large trades, and they're almost um, – the exact opposite, and you could even say the A's trade of Doolittle and and Madsen. That's true. Yeah, you, I forgot about yeah. You have these two moves where you have package deals and you have package relievers and package players together, and then you have JD Martinez, who the Tigers tried to piece out because apparently they want quantity in their farm system, and it's yeah, it's it's a it's a weird start. <laughs> yeah, each deal was interesting in its own way. Um, I mean, you mentioned the two relievers that went to Washington. Um, it, it's you know that feels like a million years ago, even though it was like a few days ago. Um, <laughs> the Nationals got Sean Doodle and Ryan Madsen, and in exchange, the A's got Blake Trinan, and then I'm I think I remember this correctly. They got Jesus Lazardo, who was their first round pitcher last year, and they got. Sheldon Noose, who was an infielder, and then they took him the second round last year. Mm -hmm. um, so their top two picks are from the 2016 draft, and Blake Trinan go to Oakland. Um, and I know some people who like Lazardo a lot as a potential mid back end guy in rotation. Um, Noose looks kind of like a you know first second degree regular um, in, in the infield, either at second or third. Um, and we know who Blake Trinan is, is at this point. Um, but overall, I mean, if you think Lazardo is a, is a is a is a starter, and if you think, you know, Noose can be, you know, a a decent infielder, that that's a pretty decent deal um, for two relievers, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not a big prospect guy. I know what the Nationals got back; they desperately needed. And right, hey, that, that's a thing. Yeah, um, like like if, if you're if you're the A's, I mean, there are there. The one thing this trade market doesn't lack for is relievers, but if you're the A's, you can kind of grab Washington by the short hairs and say, you know, give us what we want because we know you need this really badly. Um, so, I mean, I think they did pretty well there. Yeah, well, you look at the, the Nationals case, and it kind of reminds me of, I, I believe it was a Yankees beat writer who said it after the David Robertson-Tommy Canley trade, and it was that the reason the Yankees went out and got these relievers was because the starting trade market is so wacky and so weird that – you you almost make your your pitching staff better by just making your bullpen as strong as you can be. And the Nationals didn't have a good one to begin with. They had the uh, league lead in starting innings pitched, and they have the worst bullpen in general. I believe they're the the highest bullpen ERA. So they needed something. Um, now you're going at it with a bullpen of Doolittle, Matson, uh, Matt Albers, Inny Romero, and maybe Matt Grace if you think he's not. Brian Dunsing at the end of his twins rope, but and then Coda Glover when he comes back is pretty decent. Yeah, and and they have Coda Glover. Sean Kelly's on the the deal too, I believe, right? And so yeah, there's there's pieces that they might get back, but Coda Glover hasn't started throwing again off a of mound, I believe, and there's not really a timetable for him. Um, and Sean Kelly, I believe, is similar, and so you're in the scenario where they, they need to go get something else, and I don't know if it's a starter to cover up for Joe Ross. I don't know if you go out and get another reliever like an Addison Reed, but they were close with the Marlins. They were close to getting A.J. Ramos and I believe it was Kyle Barklow before they ended up going with the A's deal. But I wonder how hard it'll be to get anybody from the Marlins because they still don't know what's going on with that whole selling the team thing. And I wonder if they would actually sell off before they sell their team in general. Well, from what I've read, the Marlins are probably willing to sell off relievers like Ramos and Bearclaw and David Phelps um, and maybe some of their lesser position players, um, but they're not going to move any of the outfielders. They're probably not going to move Justin Bohr um, until after the until after the team is sold, which I think is fair because if you're going to mm -hmm. change the direction of the, of the, the franchise, you're not going to do that by 
trading Bearclaw and Ramos and Phelps. You're going to do that by trading the outfielders and Justin Bohr. So and and D Gordon as well. So I think that's fair. Um, I don't know if the, the Marlins are be the ones to help out the, the Nationals anyway. I would think that um, somebody probably like Justin Wilson from the Tigers makes a lot more sense for them if they're going to go out and add another arm for the bullpen, which you know they should. So <laughs> I, th- I think if they if they do go out and get into the reliever, it's probably Wilson. Apparently AJ Preller is asking literally the world for Brad Hand, which we can get into later because that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> But I mean, all in all, that's a good that's a good job by Mike Rizzo. Well, it's crazy, right? If they went out and got Brad Hand, um, if they went out and got Justin Wilson, or they went out and got Zach Britton, if they end up actually talking to the Orioles because of the massive that's deal. Never happen. Yeah. <laughs> but if they went out and got, they're all those are all lefties, so their bullpen would be consistent of Matt Matt Grace, Oliver Perez, but you know what? Andy Romero, like, Sean Doolittle. That's like that is almost a full bullpen of lefties, which is just weird to see. But Wilson and Hand. Um, and Doolittle as well are, are they're lefties, but they don't they're not like loogies. They're not you know okay we have to ha- have them face left-handed batters like they they can operate to both sides of the plate very well. Yeah, and I'm not saying that they they just be one-out guys and you have like a bullpen full of full of one-out guys, but it, it's just you never see that. Like I'm trying to think of the last like lineup you've seen that's predominantly left-handed and more so than like maybe five or six guys in it that that have specifically lefties or a bullpen that has that many lefties in it. Because that'd be that'd be their fifth lefty, assuming they keep Perez and Grace in it. If they were to acquire a lefty, yeah, it, it would be interesting for sure. Um, but I, I think at this point, handedness is less of a concern that is you know somebody with a pulse who can get out. So who do you think they go out and, and get? Do you think they get a starter? Do you think they get a reliever? Do you think that they leave Tanner Roark in the starting rotation? Um, yeah, I would think they would leave Roark there. Um, I don't think they need to go make a big splash in terms of starting pitching if they if they do that and go get somebody. Um, maybe somebody like Trevor Cahill from the from the Padres who has been decent, nothing nothing special. Just just you know, a guy who can give you innings out of the out of the rotation. Um Edwin Jackson had a fairly decent start the other night, but um part of that was because he was pitching in Anaheim and he was giving up rockets, they were just finding gloves because the park is so big. Um, I would not imagine that they keep Edwin Jackson in the rotation for very long. So, I, I, like I said, I could see somebody like Trevor Cahill, um, you know, somebody, somebody like that. I mean, you look at their minor league system and you say, well, they have AJ Cole there, they have Eric Feed. Feed has a very high yeah, ERA. That, that he's he's going to go into the bullpen. Hard. Yeah, and AJ Cole's been getting hit hard as well. So, I, I wonder if they'll actually dip and bring one of those guys up because, I mean, they're, they might, they're not exactly tearing the world up. They, they might give Fe, uh, Cole a couple starts. I thought they moved Fetty into the bullpen as, um, just to, to fast track him for this year. Um, that might be true. I, yeah, I just, yeah, that might be true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, look, I, they might give Cole a couple starts, but I, I would think that they go out and get, like I said, Cahill or um, maybe Marco Estrada, somebody like that. I think Cahill would make sense for them. I, I, I wonder what Prelo would be asking for. Um, the Nationals aren't going to want to give something up big, I would assume. It's at, at, at the end of the day, you're not going to make somebody give up a ton for Trevor Cahill. Like let's yeah. let's, be, let's be real here. <laughs> so uh, the more I've seen, kind of how this trade market is fleshed out, the more I kind of think of all these pieces that the Mets have, and it's it's weird, right? Because like. The the return for J.D. Martinez, Martinez is probably the best, was the best outfield option on the market, and he didn't he was the best really get much. On the market. Yeah, <laughs> he's still in the outfield. <laughs> um, but it's it's weird, right? Because if you're trying to sell off a Curtis Granderson and a Jay Bruce, that's not very encouraging, is it? No, and, and it's, it's weird because a lot of the contenders, right as they stand right now, don't really need offense. Everybody needs pitching. Um, all, all, pretty much all the contenders right now have what they need in terms of hitting, or if they don't, it's because of injuries and their guys were coming back soon. Realistically, I mean, there were only a, like a few real fits for J.D. Martinez in the first place. It was it was Arizona, um, the Rays, but the Rays don't really believe in in rentals. Uh, the Rockies were could have gone in, in, but it was a weird fit because of the whole cargo situation and his money. And then the Dodgers reported to be interested in him, but they didn't need him. Like, the, the Dodgers weren't going to trip over themselves to go get J.D. Martinez because they had to crap out of the ball without him. So, 
the, the, the Diamondbacks were really only the tr- ones who truly needed him, who were willing to go get him. Um, because, like I said, rentals and the Rays don't really work together um, for a number of reasons. So it wasn't like the Tigers necessarily had a bunch of people beating down the door to go get him. So, I mean, but at the same time, like, I, I would think that, I mean, as crappy as Arizona's farm system is, I would I would think that you probably could have gotten more for him. Um, like, the consensus around the minor league coverage community was that this was a underwhelming package, and it is. I mean, Dewell Lugo's okay, but he's a third baseman who might have power. You know, Sergio Alcantara is a... Jose Iglesias light. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, like... I've never seen him play, obviously, and I'm, I'm not a scout, so I don't want to. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do hard comps, but like, very good glove, very good arm. The bat is a huge question mark. And then there were some very serious prospect writers who I know we didn't know who Jose King was. Um, and you probably don't either for all of you people nope. listening. So <laughs> he is an 18 year old in the Gulf Coast League, and nobody knows a thing about him. So that tells you all you need to know about that. So w- when the the headliner of your deal for the best available bat is Dewell Lugo. That's that's an issue. Um, and it kind of speaks to the market for bats right now. Um, like the Yankees went and got Todd Frazier, but the headliner in that deal wasn't Todd Frazier. It was Tommy Canely. He was the reason that Blake Rutherford was in that deal. It, it's a weird market for bats because, like I said, if you look around at the contenders, pretty much everybody's set in terms of bats. So there wasn't there wasn't a huge pressing need for a, a bidding war to arise to drive up the price on JD Martinez. Now you can talk about whether or not they should have just kept him and you know went for the qualifying offer and collected the draft pick or whatever. But the odds of Dewell Lugo posting more major league value than whoever you get with that comp pick right now is probably fairly decent because. Once you get out of like the upper third of the first round of the draft, of the it, it, it becomes a massive crapshoot. And you know, as, as good as your scouting department can be, um, you just don't know because there's so many variables. Um, I would imagine, you know, like a lot of comp round guys tend to be college picks. I, I think that I, I, I could be speaking out of my ass right now, and, and you know, people who are listening, if I'm wrong, please feel free to yell at me, but. <laughs> Um, and, and college picks are generally obviously a safer bet than high school guys. But, you know, Dewell Lugo's already, you know, people know who he is. Dewell Lugo, where, what level is he at? Let me look. I believe he's double A. Yeah, so he's in double A right now. And he has a 116 WRC plus in double A, which is not great. It's okay. It's whatever. But at the same time, the, the kid's hitting 282 in double A. The, whoever the, the Tigers would take with that compact hasn't even gotten to rookie ball yet. He hasn't been to A ball. Dewell Lugo is a known a known quantity, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not necessarily defending the Tigers here, but you can talk about QOing him. But Dewell Lugo is a better is a better safer bet. He might not have the upside, whoever you take with that that compact, but the floor might be a bit safer. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I agree. And just on the on the QO, if Martinez were to sign to get guaranteed money greater than fifty million dollars, then they get a comp pick after the first round. If he signs and the guaranteed money is less than fifty million, then they get a comp pick after round two. So then you open up the questions of, well, would the team signing him just say, oh, here's twenty million for the first year and option, 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 option? So they wouldn't have to give up a draft pick. But I that's I, never going to happen. That's yeah. never ever going to happen. I, I'm right. Th- like, like nobody would ever sign that contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wonder. There was uh, Russell Carlton when he did his write up with the new CBA mentioned that, and I tend to agree with you at first thought. But then again, I like, um, like unless they're all player options. Which yeah, it, no, that no, would, no that team would in their right be. mind. No team in their right mind would give out that contract. They they'd have to be almost like a mutual option where if you vest, it's a player. If you don't, it's a it's a club, and, and they'd have to be like super intricate. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. No agent would sit there and be like, yeah, I'll just take four option years over this like three, two or three year deal or something like. But I think a lot of the knee jerk reaction was that the Tigers didn't get enough. This is a bad trade. The Tigers well, they did. Yeah, but like you're saying, the market never really was there. 
So they probably got like this was probably their best offer, which isn't saying much. But at the same time, like you can't force teams to go out there and give you a top pick for one of the best outfield bats that like that were available. And I mean, does Martinez's health for the season play into it? I mean, he got hit in the hand tonight. That's a freak thing. But yeah, he left the game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that that wasn't like the leg thing that he got taken. It was a back thing he got taken out for uh, two well, nights ago. But... Let, let, let's be real. It was a quote unquote back thing. Yeah, because um, <laughs> you, you can't come out and say we're pulling our player because we're deep, we're knee deep in trade negotiations. Yeah, but I mean, again, who? What are what are some of the other outfield options that the Diamondbacks could have gone for? Um, maybe if you can convince the Pirates to move. Like they're they're too, they're in, too but close. they're not. Yeah, they're too close. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I the the Marlins, like you said, aren't gonna move those guys at this point. There's there there's not for JD Martinez's quality of bat, it's just not there. And so, well, no, I mean, you're not getting anybody of his his offensive quality. I mean, there's probably you know outfielders out there somewhere like they're the Mets guys, but um, yeah. why go for the Mets guys when you get JD Martinez? Yeah. And I just I, I I feel like I was one of the few ones I did I don't like the trade when you first see it, but at the same time you understand why they had to make the trade. You understand that this was probably like this was probably what they could have gotten because also we're under the impression uh, it's an appeal to authority, but front office guys are a lot smarter than us in the public sphere, and so I assume that they know something more than we do, which might be a dumb assumption, but at the same time it feels like a safe assumption. So. I don't know. I, I think that it was probably the best they could have done, but also it's still underwhelming. And I, I spoke earlier about, about why the Rays and the Rockies and, and the Dodgers didn't jump into this. Um, and for the Rockies, I talked about Carlos Gonzalez and how you know, Carlos Gonzalez is awful this year. He's been genuinely awful. So but, bad. But they're like they, they you know at the same time he's Carlos Gonzalez. So you don't want to bench him. My thing is, though, if I'm the Rockies, and again, this, there's also clubhouse dynamics going into this because Carlos Gonzalez is a star, he's a respected veteran, and benching him might start some stuff in the clubhouse that you don't want on a team that's trying to contend. Um, that being said, it's not like J.D. Martinez went to, you know, the Cubs. He went to a direct competitor within the division, and given the way the Cubs are surging, and if let's say the Cubs overtake the Brewers in the division, which, which might happen at some point soon, yeah, um, the Brewers would then be the the second wild card, right? Um, I believe they were close. They had overtaken the record, but I don't think they would anymore because like I believe the, Brewer- the, the Cubs are still a couple games back. So the, the Brewers currently have a five forty two winning percentage. And Colorado's a 577. So they wouldn't be the second wild card. I think they were a couple days ago. Um, but they're right there. So it's not like Colorado is safe in that wild card spot. Um, if only they, they could spread have, out all their runs from today. They would have some serious competition. So not only would they be fighting, I guess I'm trying to say is like they need to do everything in their power to not only maintain that wild card spot, but you want to host the game. Um, yeah. So, JD Martinez going to the direct competitor, both in the division and in the wild card race, is bad for them. And it's almost paralleled at the same time by the the move the Yankees made to kind of block the Red Sox. Right, and, and we'll get we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. So, so my thing is, and again, like I said, there's a lot of clubhouse ramifications that go into to benching Carlos Gonzalez, but and I, 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 I am 100% sure that. This was the discussion that was had in the Colorado front office. I would have, you know, at least put a bid in and put feelers in and see if I could, not necessarily maybe land it, but, you know, at least try and make life hard for Arizona. And and I'm not saying they didn't do this, but I I would have had skin in the game is what I'm saying. You would try to drive the price up, essentially. Or I I, would have been in on him, but I wouldn't have been like, you know, okay, we're getting him. I I, would have... I, I I would want to at least try to do this. I'm not saying the Colorado didn't try. I, I, this is this is weird, but like I'm I'm basically saying I think that the Rockies might have made a mistake in not going in on this. Well, you also have to look though. They're pretty flush with outfielders. Like they have Rommel Tapia, David Dahl, 
Um, David Dahl just came back and they optioned him in AAA, which I thought was yeah. Alexi Amarista can play the outfield. Uh, yeah, Pat Malika, like, Carlo Cargo, Alexi and then Amarista's not going to keep you from getting JD. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I I think it was it was one of those, those situations where they needed an improvement on, in the outfield, but they didn't really have room to put him because they have like they just went out and signed Ian Desmond. They're not you're not going to displace Charlie Blackman. Geraldo uh, Gerardo Parra has been hitting well lately for some unknown ungodly reason and I, I just, yeah yeah um i just i think it, it's one of the situations where they do they need him yeah could they probably have put him somewhere have, not at first because mark reynolds is at first and mark reynolds is a god but it's I, I think it's one of the situations where they needed him but they had no just nowhere to put him and that's kind of where a lot of teams were it felt like yeah, it's very strange. Um, but speaking of blocking people in the division from doing nice things, um, <laughs> so let, let's all put on our Bob Nightingale hats for a second. The Red Sox were in on Todd Frazier. They won him. They love him. They love him. They love him. The Red Sox don't want him. It's fine. Whatever. Because the Yankees went and got Todd Frazier. Um, they also wanted David Robertson. Like, like there, is just, there is a tweet floating around. I think it was, from, it was Kate, right? Where yeah. she screenshotted Bob's first tweet about the Red Sox wanting Todd Frazier and being very close to acquiring him and trying to get Robertson put in on the package. And then the post-trade tweet was, oh, the Red Sox never really wanted Todd Frazier. <laughs> um, let us all have the confidence of Bob Nightingale reporting things. Um, the world would be a better place. <laughs> but, yeah, so the Red Sox definitely need a third baseman. Their bullpen outside of Craig Kimbrell is eh. Um, so, like, basically this is exactly what the Red Sox needed. It just also happened to be what the Yankees needed in a way. Um, and so they told the Red Sox to screw off, and they made lives a bit easier for them. And, I mean, it's – I remember I was driving back yesterday, and I remember seeing, oh, like the Red Sox got him. Red Sox going to get him. Like it's going to be great. It's like it's perfect fit. They're going to get a reliever even with it. It'll be perfect. And then all of a sudden it was like, Yankees are in. Yankees have him. Like done. And I was like, dude – like Brian Cashman, Brian Cashman is an him. assassin. He's an assassin. <laughs> like, like it was crazy, and it, it's one of those things too where if the if the Red Sox weren't truly in it and they were only putting out feelers, that is that is the worst thing they could have done. Because you know, I, I'm sure that the Red Sox were in, but I mean in terms of what they have to compete with, like Rutherford, like they have Rafael Davis, who they're not giving up. Yeah. For for, for Todd Frazier and David Robinson. Um, I don't think they're giving up Jason Groom for that either. And that's about it. Um, the Red Sox system falls off very quickly after those two guys. What, um, what I assume probably happened is that they were in on Frazier, but then the Yankees made the offer where Frazier was just in there and it, it worked out. I don't like, I, I think Frazier, like, David, like, like I saw somebody tweeting that like the White Sox been asking about Frazier since the winter and that he was part of the Quintana discussions. Um, so they clearly desire him. Well, my thing is, why didn't they draft him? But yeah. <laughs> there's some off-the-record stuff I can't get into right there. Um, but, like, basically, like, they wanted Blake Rutherford. And if the Red Sox weren't – they're obviously not going to include Davers in that. And if they're not going to include Jason Groom, then this is something that, like – and apparently they've been after Clarkin for a little while. So this works for them. Um, I, I – yeah, this is a good trade for both sides, I think. Um, it's a, like getting guys who are all in a ball or, or like polos and double a, but he's not much of a prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, getting guys who are an a ball for this kind of package is a bit risky, but you can afford to do that when you're the white Sox. Cause you already have an incredible, uh, from brewers just lost by the way. Um, oh. so yeah, so this is a very interesting trade. So you said the brewers lost. They're now up one and a half games on the Cubs and that, that happened super quick. And I hope they hold on. But back to this one, I, I want to focus on the White Sox though. Their top eight prospects, or their top seven prospects, are brand new to their system. They came in from the the sale trade to now, and that is and Jeff that Berger, is mind boggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's mind boggling. Like that that is. I mean, of course you're going to go out and get top talent. Of course you're going to go out and and be able to like ask for that top talent when you have like good controllable guys to begin with, but like piecing out your core works. <laughs> There's proof right here. Like if everything works out like it's supposed to, you have Elroy Jimenez 
Luis Robert and Blake Rutherford in the outfield, and Yo Moncada and Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson up the middle. Luis well, Basabi is not exactly a, a, a throw in. Like he's he's there too. And then their rotations like a bunch of a bunch of guys who were top prospects as well. And it's easy well, to hope they the all thing. out. But here's the thing. Well, first of all, like Luis Robert didn't come from the from the, from the tank job. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think the more interesting prescient point here is that the White Sox had the stuff to get these guys, and they didn't win with it. Like, all the all the value, like, and we didn't get, in, get into the guys that got in the Eaton trade, and those guys are a little weird anyway, but, yeah. um, like, the White Sox had Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, Jose Abreu, Adam Eaton, David Robertson, I'm forgetting, like, Melky Cabrera, all those guys, mm-hmm. and they didn't win anything. Like, they, 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 they won diddly, which I think is, one, and, an indict, it's an indictment of the Stars and Scrubs model. Yeah. Two, it's an indictment of... Jerry Reinsdorf, because like we, we know for a fact that Reinsdorf is not the most he's not a big fan of spending. <laughs> True. Um like like a lot of the reason Quintana was so valuable I mean Chris Sale is Chris Sale. You're gonna get a lot from him no matter what. He was also on a very cheap deal. Um they managed to get these guys under contract on these cheap controllable deals that in theory would have allowed them to go and allocate funds elsewhere, which they didn't. Part of it is on player development because they've had some guys who just didn't pan out, which which, which that's going to happen with, with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might happen with these guys because if you look at the way Julito and Lopez are pitching right now, they might not be things. They might be relievers, which mm-hmm. is fine because Lucas Giolito and Renato Lopez are probably pretty good relievers at the end of the day. But – you know, Michael Kopech is throwing 103 miles an hour, but can he throw it over the plate? Which is something that's kind of up for debate right now. Um, <laughs> like, and that's another thing. You can go out and blow it up and go and bring in guys. It doesn't mean crap if they don't pan out. Um, so the, the White Sox are a very interesting story to me. They had all these, this wonderful, wonderful value on their roster. They had talent and it was cheap. And they spent a little bit to put the put stuff around. Like they, they signed Cabrera. They 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 signed a couple guys. They signed Robertson. But they didn't put actual stuff on the field and on the team. And you can have two aces at the top of your rotation. You can have Jose Abreu. It doesn't mean anything if you don't put stuff around it. It doesn't mean anything if you're not willing to spend. It's interesting and cool that they've managed, and I give Rick Hahn a lot of credit for pulling the pants off of, of people on a couple of these trades. Um, like, I think the like the Eaton deal, in retrospect, might not be the highest we think it was, but it's still pretty good. I mean, they, they, they've gotten a lot of stuff, and then they've drafted well for the most part. I mean, you can, we can talk about the merits of Zach Collins because he's not really hitting right now, but it's too soon to... to, to to, to throw that off. Hmm. Um, but I'm very interested to see what happens when all these prospects at the end of the day, we figure out who pans out and who doesn't. Um, like, your Mankata could be a wonderful player, but I think it's safe to say, like, him being a superstar is not a safe bet. He could merely be good and not a superstar. Multiple prospect people will tell you that. That he could merely just be good and not a god. So all of a sudden, the centerpiece of this supposed dynasty that's coming down the line is merely just good. What if Lucas Giolito is a fourth starter or a reliever? What if Michael Kopech is Michael Pineda, where he shows these flashes of greatness, but he never puts it together? What if Blake Rutherford, you know, he's only 20 years old, he's an A-ball, but he's not hitting for power yet? What if the power never really comes? Because that has been a question for like a year and a half before he was drafted, is whether or not... Like, the hit tool is never a question. It's a matter of the power. What if the power never manifests? What if Zach Collins is a light-hitting first baseman? And all these are fairly potentially, not, I don't want to say probable outcomes, but they're very real possible outcomes for a lot of these guys. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the 2013 White Sox, who have some good players but nothing special, and they have all these prospects, but they never really turn into anything. So my large overarching point is that if you're going to win, you have to commit to it. And I think that 
we we know we look at the Cubs and the Astros and say, okay, if you just tank properly, magic happens. You win the World Series. You win 110 games that the Astros are going to. But that is far from a reality because sometimes you're the Padres. More often than not, you're probably the Padres or you're the White Sox of a couple of years ago. Because um, this is their second or third rebuild in this cycle that they've been in. Mm-hmm. Like we, we've like, and they're like they've gone all in, insane on this. And I give Rick Hahn, again, I give Rick Hahn credit for the incredible collection of talent that he's amassed. Um, but let's see them do it. And once the guys get there, let's see Jerry Reinsdorf actually spend the money this time because you're not going to do it with just internal stuff. The Whites, the, the the Cubs didn't win the World Series just with internal stuff. They went out and supplemented it. Um, and the same thing with the Astros. They're not doing it with just, with just internal stuff. They Some of the more important pieces on this team are outside stuff. You know, Correa and Springer and Altuve and Bregman, they're all good. But Josh Reddick and Brian McCann are, are important parts of that team. So I... I are the white guys going to be good? Probably, yeah. They're probably going to be good. I don't want to anoint them just yet, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to think of tanking as something that's inherently noble. But then I'll get off my soapbox now. Well, I think with with Giolito and Lopez, they kind of bought low-ish because the Nationals were kind they of did, low on yeah. them at that point. And uh, I think, like you said, a lot of these guys have have ceilings. Jimenez, Rutherford are are lower in the minors right now. And Jimenez in like double or triple A. Oh, I thought he was in single A. I mean, he I probably could wrong. be in triple A. Is what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with any prospect, uh, there's there's a reason that teams okay, trade prospects. Okay. There's a reason that teams trade prospects to get good talent, and that's because there is a lot of inherent risk with prospects. And you, if you want to take the chance of of moving them and getting somebody who you know is good, like a Chris Sale or, or a Jose Quintana, then then you do that. And you you trade the ceilings of those guys. And I mean, that's just... I'm, I'm explaining something that's pretty dumb to explain, but, like, yeah, it's it's something where they don't all hit, like you said... But having a bunch of that kind of tier, like they're they're not it, all. It's better fail. than not having it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the the money they went out and spent. First of all, when the White Sox had all these players and they weren't going to move them, they were playing in a pretty weak AL Central too. So for the fact like the, that they could not win in that AL Central is as much of it an indictment volumes. as it speaks volumes. As when they get back there, will they actually do it? Uh, they went out and tried to get James Shields because they wanted to buy low. James Shields has been one of like the worst pitchers, and it, I, I think that they'll go out and spend money. I think that, like you were saying, whenever they're ready for the window to open, which I think 2019, that offseason is going to be when they want to go out and get somebody. Like I think that they are the perfect, perfect, perfect suitors for Sonny Gray when he becomes a free agent because if Sonny Gray turns it around – then that would be somebody you go out and spend money on and be like, hey, like we're ready to start going now. We're gonna start going out and getting these veteran pieces to supplement our 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 younger guys in the case that they don't actually pan out. And I think that <laughs> on DFA a couple of days ago, I or like maybe a week ago, I said that they might be a team that were competing in the wild card. I said that before this trade. I probably shouldn't have said that I, I i liked them coming into this season and i thought that they might have had an outside chance but i i mean I, obviously i don't think they're going to to compete next year i think that we've seen prospects in recent years just tear it up when they come up and they hit immediately and we've seen guys we've, not we've been so by that yeah and i i think it's 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 hit and miss but I, for not being a prospect guy i i know little to nothing about what this specific group will do besides some of the reporting that we've read. But it's it's something where I just – I really think that the White Sox have done well to amass this system. And whether they use it to go out and get established pieces, whether they use it and just wait on them all, it'll be interesting to see because they could easily be like the Braves and just sit on this for a couple of years – let them develop, let them develop, let them develop, have chances to start supplementing veteran pieces and open the window maybe a little bit sooner than they want to, but the Braves are just sitting there and they're, and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're not jumping and they're wanting to see who's going to hit and who's going to miss. 
And I wonder if the White Sox are going to have that patience or they're going to feel that need to, all right, we've been losing for a couple of years. Now it's time to start going and give our fan base something. Yeah. Um, but the moral of the story is, according to MLB.com, the White Sox number 29 prospect's name is Aaron Bummer. So they're fine. <laughs> well, if he doesn't hit, it'd be a... Uh, it, 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 it would be disappointing. <laughs> they say he has a 70 fastball, so that's cool. Um, so I have a question for you. The Red Sox, missing out on Todd Frazier, what are they going to do? With, with Bogarts, with his hand thing, he's day-to-day, what are they going to do? They could go get Jed Lowry. They could go get Eduardo Nunez. Um, I, I, I think the most poetic justice thing of all time would be the Yankees and Red Sox tied for first place or, 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 or tied for, like basically one of them on the verge of not being out of the playoffs on game 162. Former Yankees great Eduardo Nunez is the third game for the Red Sox <laughs> and hits a walk-off 5,000-foot grand slam to knock the Yankees out of the playoffs. That's going to happen. You can set that in stone. They could reliever Joe Kelly is getting the win. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with, with his four-plus pitches. <laughs> the great oh. stuff of Joe Kelly carries the day. Um, novels. They could go get Nunez. They could go get Jed Lowry. Or um, they could hang a you know big old We Tried banner up, which, I mean... That's not an indictment of the Red Sox necessarily. They're a good team without whatever at third base. They can they can they can limp by with 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 the collection of you know Brock Holt and Suey Lin and those guys at third base. That that's fine. Do they try to push the bill on Devers and bring him up this year? They might do that too. Like you can see him in like a month, month and a half or so. Um, that 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 wouldn't surprise me if if they if they try and give Devers a job. Um, I, I think I think Nunez makes a degree of sense for this team. Actually, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but <laughs> I think Eduardo Nunez could be a good fit for the Red Sox and be a big help for them because he's a competent player. They don't have to you know spend three roster spots in one position. You know he's fast. He, he makes he like he fits the mold of the Red Sox right now because he's fast and he makes contact and he can occasionally play his position well. Um, I actually think he makes the degree of sense and he shouldn't cost you a ton. And goodness knows the Giants are up in business. So <laughs> I, I think Eduardo Nunez actually does make a degree of sense for the Boston Red Sox. Well, I think he can play short and third in case Bogarts is out for an extended period he, of time. He, he can, you know, take a yeah. lot of coding and play shortstop <laughs> for like an inning. Um. And, if you if you really want to do that to yourself, sure. <laughs> yeah, he can stand there. Uh, uh, maybe maybe they go to the Mets and look for a Shrubal Cabrera, and maybe they try to tie in Addison Reed or Jerry Blevins. But I would it, not do that. It, do you think that they would whoever they go, whoever they get at third, they try to toss in somebody else like a reliever? Sure. I mean, they could they could go package Strickland with Nunez and that deal. They could. You know who's who's left in the A's right now? Who's 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 left out there? Could you imagine Strickland and Sale in the same? Oh my uh, god! <laughs> pitching staff. <laughs> oh, that'd oh be awesome. god. Everybody would get thrown at. Nobody would get anything accomplished. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> and then when Harper signs his giant deal with the Yankees in three years, Strickland's oh, no. gonna be there. And oh no! It'll be a cycle. <laughs> oh no! Um, well, the A's don't really have any relievers left, but. Um, so they wouldn't be a package with Lowry. But I, I could see something like, you know, I guess Hunter Strickland or whatever. Or they or they do separate deals for, you know, Lowry or Nunez. They go get Justin Wilson, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I would think they add another reliever at the very least before the deadline. Um, I, w- I would be shocked if they stood pat. Um, and, you know, Nunez or Lowry, something to that degree. So as it stands right now, Who's going to win the AL East and who's going to win the NL Central? The AL East will be won by the Boston Red Sox and the NL Central. I don't want to bury the the Brewers right now just because of a little rough patch. Because every every time I like I've been watching the Brewers a lot over this little streak of theirs, and I really like the team. I really do. Like there's so much fun that's happening on that roster that I don't want to bury them. I think they make the playoffs either way, whether they're the wild card or not. 
Um, because I have to imagine they'll add something. They, they, they can't not add anything. I, I um, love what the Rockies are doing what they're doing right now, but yeah, I'm right there. I, I just, I, I cannot see the Rockies hanging on the way they've been playing lately. I don't want to bury them either. That's the thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. And you'd have to think the Brewers are going to go out and do something too. I don't know if right, they go out and spin saying. big, but yeah. I, I think, can, can I give you a too close to call right now? Yeah, a photo finish. Yeah, Review it. <laughs> give me a couple weeks. I, well, I can't even say a couple weeks. That's 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 past the deadline. So give me a week, and I will tell you. I it's weird because coming into the start of this week, uh, the Cubs are playing the Braves. The Braves were on fire. They had just swept the Diamondbacks, and it looked like if the Braves could at least take this series, take three or four, the Braves might have an outside shot at being competitive at least, or at least like three or four games back of the wild card, well, here's the, the Braves fell on their face. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> the Braves are bad. <laughs> they are fun, but they're bad. I sent out a tweet that said, the Braves are good, and I got a lot, like I got probably more blowback than any tweet I've sent out in like a month or two. And yeah, I, I like them. They're a fun team. Brandon but Phillips is bad. not bad. Yeah. Matt Adams is a great story. Freddie Freeman is, is Freddie Freeman. Tyler Flowers is apparently the best framer in all of baseball and one of the best hitting catchers. Um, but they're bad. Ender and Ciarte, yeah. It, and, and all the rest on starting pitching, right? Like, a lot of just these young guys who just aren't hitting and, and are ridiculous doing well, he got lit up today. And, yeah, it like, it, it's they're so close. They're so Sands close. Like, oh, my. Sands I have him. Watson. Auto, my auto new league drafted him. Felt very confident in that. I was like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna tear it up. He's been sitting on my bench for like three weeks, and yeah, he might be getting, it. he might be getting the old uh, change of scenery at some point soon. Do you think they would do that? Not trade him. They'll set him down for a month or two. No. <laughs> see, I am just a trading. I was like, whoa, like I, I'm gonna go after this one. Let's see what's going on there. No change of scenery is it? Like just don't set him to go that for a few months or whatever, just to. Help him find so, a swing again. So what's the next deal that gets done in all of baseball? Who is the, the next, next deal? Player? The next one to go. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Earlier today I said Jed Lowry, but I'm not too confident in that. I'm going to say hmm, next to go is, you know, it's probably some B-level schmuck, but that's not fun. <laughs> um, go big. Hot take time. Oh, I don't know if you want the hot take. Um, Galaxy brain me. Galaxy brain me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my, my galaxy brain trade is or all this chat went to the Hanshin Tigers, but that's un- unfortunately not happening. <laughs> um, no, I'll go with Sonny Gray, I guess, because he had a good start today. So I think I, I, I go back and forth almost every day about whether I think he's actually getting it moved. Absolutely. Who's Sonny Gray? I, so I, part of me feels like they're going to wait until the offseason. Why try- wouldn't they? It, here's he's the, the one fish, big right? fish. In, he's the one big fish in the tank right now. You can get so much for him. But at the same time, in the offseason, you're going to have more teams like like the Mets or maybe even the Royals. No. think they're in it, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah. like in I the offseason? The yeah, Royals are dead in the water. <laughs> as an example, but you know what I mean, right? Like There's going to be more teams in the offseason – who are going to think that they have a chance of competing, and so they might go out and make a move, fall on their face in the season, but the A's got the prospects back. But there's in the, the immediacy and the need right now, which will drive up the price. Yeah. And I also wonder if that they want to let him have two more months to rebuild what he lost, but at the same time, you run the risk of him falling on his face again. So, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I think I want them to hold on to him until the offseason to do it, but... I think realistically they they might move him, but I just I don't know. I'm I wait every day I labor on that one, and okay. You you want the galaxy brain trade? Galaxy brain. You want you want the the go big or go home? The game theory level Eric Garland. You, 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 want, you think it's time for some game theory? <laughs> Buddy, this is the here second we go. Straight week, the second straight week we have said game. Game theory on this podcast. Uh, okay, here we go. Ready? Okay. Okay. Josh Donaldson to the St. Louis Cardinals. I had an I had an 
argument with some of you about that earlier in the year. I do not like that trade. Oh, I don't either. I don't either. I, I don't know. What is it about the Cardinals that makes them think that they are still like, like they could do better by just sitting at 500 than piecing off guys? Like, I just, I don't understand it. The Cardinals are secretly like the Yankees where they're not allowed to rebuild. Yeah. Like, you, guess, you know what I mean? Like, they're, like they're, they're not allowed to. So, do you think that they end up trading for somebody or they end up trading? Well, they'll get like some minor stuff to just to, 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 to tack on to the roster. They're not going to make a big, big, big splash. Like, I think they're smart enough to know that they're out of it, but they still have to, like, you know, do their Yankees in 2014 <laughs> thing where we're like, oh, we're trying. Fake it. So we have, you think the Red Sox are going to win it? We're waiting on the AL, the uh, the NL East, the NL Central. Central. Who's going to take the AL wild cards? Do the Rays hold on? Um, they might. They really might, because I, I don't I don't see where else it's coming from. The rest of the AL kind of stinks. There yeah, are it, ma- <laughs> there there are like maybe four and a half good teams in the American League. All of the wins are on the Astros and the Dodgers. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like Cleveland's. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, I don't like. I don't like any. Like people are like trying to compete, convince everybody that the Royals are a real thing. Like, no, they stink. Yeah, like the Twins are. I could see the Twins being good in a universe in which they decide to spend money in, in a couple of years. Um, but we all know how that works. Um, I, I got super sad this morning because did you see that tweet that was out there that said. Name somebody that that was really good that somebody five years younger than you wouldn't know about, and I could think of like five twins players and like how good the late two thousands twins actually were, Justin and then Morneau. just fell flat on their faces. Joe Maurer, Morneau, uh, I mean, I think Johan Santana was in there even. Dyer. Yeah, like it. Jason Corey Hunter. Kubel. There it is, Jason Kubel. Like Jason Kubel. That team was the truth, and then they weren't. <laughs> and like, because it, the Yankees told them to screw off every year. <laughs> it's sad. And, like, it, at, the, at the old the Metrodome, and, oh, I, I got, I've been, I've had, I've had Twins nostalgia all day today. <laughs> oh, think about peak Albert Pujols, too. He wasn't on the Twins. Oh, no, no, I was just, the, the tweet was somebody really good that someone five years younger than you wouldn't know was really good. Now, I've I said, like, Albert Pujols, Justin Verlander. No, they think um, Pujols and Ben Verlander have enough legend around them. They know. Like I'm thinking, like people, like Tim like, Lincecum I, was one I said. Lincecum, maybe. Like the answer might be Javi Vasquez. Ooh. Um, AJ Brian Burnett. Would we say Brian Wilson? He was good for like a second. Yeah. AJ, AJ Burnett. Burnett. Was one. Yeah. AJ Burnett. Mm. Let, let, let me think of something real quick. Uh. See, that was, that was peak CC time. And Cliff Lee. Maglio or Donez? Oh, here, yeah. here, 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 here's the real answer. Brady Sizemore. <laughs> Brady Sizemore. There it is. <laughs> People don't know oh. about Grady's ladies. Oh. Galaxy bring Michael Young. Michael Young. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to think, like, oh, that, yeah. Brian I got really Roberts. sad. Brian oh. Roberts was really good for a while. And then you look back and that was uh that was like depressing Jose Bautista time and like sad Mark Reynolds, I guess, because he's doing good this year. Carlos Pena. Yeah. So we'll probably have a big super trade deadline wrap up episode at some point in the near future. Um and we'll talk about all the stuff that does and doesn't happen. Uh, I feel like this year is going to be really disappointing. It's going to have a couple things that happen, but nothing like sexy is going to happen. Um, there aren't going to be any, you know, out of left field kind of things, but that's fine. Um, but we'll talk about it all on that episode when it happens. We might have one before that. Um, but thank you for listening to Impact Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and wherever the hell you get your podcast, whatever, <laughs> you know, podcast service. We're probably there. Just look us up. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at InPlay Podcast. Um, we have an email account. I, I, we say this a lot, but we have an email account at uh, InPlayPodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions at me on Twitter at Selene Tweets, at Evan on Twitter at Evan Davis Sports. 
at Sean Brody, um, you know, just at Jen, Jen Mac Ramos, our associate producer, just, you know, please add us on Twitter, send us questions, serious and funny or not, not serious at all. Just whatever you want, send us questions, ask us for, you know, beer recommendations. We'll, we'll answer your questions. <laughs> we, we like listener questions. They're fun and they're exciting. So yeah, do that. Um, thank you to our producers. Um, like I said, Sean Brody, Jim Ramos. Uh, thank you to Trapdoor Social, our theme music con- producers uh, and composers too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just uh, tell your friends about the podcast. Send us a questions and happy trade deadline, everybody. I see your silhouette tonight everywhere I turn. I know that I am haunted, but hold on to the curse. Jumping through the screen tonight to take you in my hands. It's everything I want nothing I can stand. I can't go back because I've seen the way the sun can fall down. play podcast has been provided by trapdoor social their self-titled album is available now find them at trapdoor social on facebook and twitter and at trapdoorsocial.com i see you in the crowd tonight blood pools in my head i should feel much closer now the distance grows instead your words are like a symphony you're reaching for my soul a melody that turns